Hi. This is off to a bad start already. <laughs> Hi, welcome to My Nerdy Year, the 12-part series about the nerdiest year of my life. Uh, my name is Dan Peck. I am your host. Uh, before we begin, I'm going to introduce my panelist. Uh, with me is my wonderful fiance. Hi. Uh, she is a pastry chef. She is a nerd, and she is adorable. Say hello oh, to Lauren Berger. Nice. Hi, everybody. Okay. Also joining us for this episode... Uh, is a great friend of ours. I was going to say good friend, but you're a great oh, friend thank, of ours. Thanks, guys. I got you upgraded. Are. Yeah. Right you on are. Thank you. Excellent. Um, she is a lifetime card-carrying nerd. Mm -hmm. uh, she has appeared on panels at Doctor Who convention Gallifrey One in the past. Say hello to Bridget Bowes. Thanks for having me, Dan. My pleasure. And last and certainly not least, uh, we have a very talented actor. He is a good friend of mine. I crashed on his couch when I first moved to L.A., you might know him from Stargate Universe, Ugly Betty, Sunset Overdrive, World of Warcraft, Veronica Mars, and his very enjoyable podcast, Out of the Blue. Please welcome David Blue. Cross promotion. Yeah. What's up? Hi. Yo. So I'm trying to sound cooler than I am. <laughs> so uh, real, real quick, uh, the point of this series is that 2015 was the nerdiest year of my life. I've, I've been a nerd for as long as I can remember, but for whatever reason, 2015 was just filled with more events than I've ever had. And I felt that it would be great to talk about these events with close friends and just why we love the nerdy things we do. So in our first episode, we will be talking about Star Trek. Um, now, little backstory. Uh, I am a writer for the Family Guy mobile game, and last year we did a Star Trek The Next Generation event. Uh, it was a five-week event. Uh, it was completely licensed, and they told us that we'd be getting to write original content for Star Trek. The only problem was I had only seen a handful of the movies, and I'd never watched Boo. Star Trek The Next Generation. I know. I, it was the I know. one time I thought about well, it. It's, I can't be friends with him anymore. Well, it's really a failing on my father's part because he could quote the original series chapter and verse in college, but he never got me into it. So long Blame story. Blame your parents. It, when that's it fine. Oh. This, no, is, better, your this is better than therapy. It's okay. I got to tell you. In this case, we totally blame his dad for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. Um, so in order to prepare, in order to prepare for this event, uh, the company that produces the game gave the writers uh, a packet of information, characters you should know, important episodes. But me being the nerd that I am, I decided I was going to start watching Next Generation from the beginning. I went to sit down to watch it, and I said, Lauren, do you want to watch it with me? She said, yes. And within three months, we had watched the entirety of Next Gen and all the movies. That's crazy. So, we're uh, very good binge watchers. Yeah. It was, oh my God, we were like on weekends, we were watching to like. To be fair, I, I got you into all of Doctor Who in what, three months as well? Yeah. Yeah. It, that took a little longer to get through, but that's because. Only because we weren't living together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 2015 was the year that I had to become a air quote because you can't see me a Star Trek expert so today we're going to be talking about Star Trek so um, you now know how I got into it you now know how Lauren got into it so we'll start with Bridget um, 
Tell us about your first Star Trek Ooh, memories. Okay. Um, so my the way I got into Star Trek was I remember I was probably seven or eight years old and I was homesick. And my mom, like a good mother does, went to Blockbuster Video mm-hmm. and rented <laughs> some movies for me to watch while I was laying on the couch. And she rented Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh. And from there on, I mean, I was just addicted to Star Trek. I can't remember a time without Star Trek being a part of my life. I flew through TNG. That That's really my series, I mm. claim. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen everything. I actually took a class on it in, at Georgetown. Star Trek and philosophy. Yeah, true story. Hmm is a really you know you can't see dave's education. face right now but he has this very quizzical well, interested look i'm imagining like gotta study for the exam right <laughs> that was the best part was like we went home and did we did we're like oh let's do homework watching star trek well that was like no, i because but... i went to i went to school for television production and i would tell my parents that yeah i'm staying up till two in the morning watching who's the boss reruns but technically i'm studying it's a, it was a it was a multi-camera show so well it was actually um it was a really awesome class because what we did was we would study different philosophical theories and then watch episodes with that related to them so mm-hmm. for example we studied the different theories of time travel and then watched an episode where they traveled back in time and were able to discuss with a concrete example, these very abstract theories. And I think, for the most part, TNG is a pretty philosophical show. Is that, so is that what you were mostly watching in the class? Or were you it going was, back to the original series to watch the more it was, like Cold War era parable episodes also? or It was primarily TNG. Um, we did watch one episode from the original series where a female's her mental memories got transported into captain kirk's body because she wanted to be a captain of a starship and it was so ridiculous that a woman would be a captain of a yes. starship 300 so, years yeah. from now <laughs> <Exactly>. ridiculous <laughs> just absolutely um but mo- yeah mostly we stuck with tng because that i feel like really challenged a lot of um and is still relevant and still challenging exactly exactly yeah we we i remember we discussed the episode where Data gets put on trial as to whether he was mm-hmm. uh, property of Starfleet or he was his own person. And uh, that to me was just one of my favorite discussions, just to try and define what is a person. How do you define that? And yeah, it was a really interesting class. So That's cool. sorry, it kind of went no, it's went a little long in my explanation. No, that, yeah. It's an explanation. It's a yeah. lot. Now, Dave, you've spoken very freely about this on your own podcast, but I know that you are a Star Trek fan mm-hmm. ever since you were a wee one. A wee one. Including oh. themed birthday parties. Yep. Um, I don't remember where it started, though. I just I just remember always loving Next Gen. Um, that was mine as well. Mm-hmm. Although I did watch Deep Space Nine. I didn't enjoy it as much as Next mm-hmm. Gen, but Next Gen was like my thing. And so much so that I had the costume. I had the theme birthday parties. I That was the the first convention I ever went to was a next gen Wait, convention in Florida. Which color was your uniform though? Oh, I was I was Riker. I okay, was okay. Riker. Um, even though then and now I still can barely grow a beard. I was always <laughs> I was always Riker. Um, you were Riker season one. Uh, no, like I wanted to be like, <laughs> like <laughs> tall, lean into things as you're walking. No, I think you were, I think you were Starfleet Riker. You put <laughs> like, your leg yeah, up just, on things? Yeah, just learning how to step over the chair. I feel just like in my life I'm Tom. I'm uh, Thomas. Oh, I watched it more than you guys did. Yeah. Uh, the, his double. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, which, by the way, that's a philosophical the thing. The transporter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wondered, 
do you remember the episode? Yeah, yeah. No, when he was holding his hand when he was over the cliff. Mm. If he let go, would that have been murder or suicide? Ooh, ooh, Deep. that's a good question. Right? Years I've been pondering that mm. question. This is what I do at night when I'm home alone. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'd be murder. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on murder. I, but is I think it's a new category. I think mm. it's just Super. I have psychological issues, and I'm not going to save the life of this man who is essentially me. It's a but very I long think, name. I think the well, the, we, we'll call it we'll call it blue syndrome. Blue After syndrome. You. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I would say <laughs> that if your eyes can see the person, it's murder. So prestige. Oh, that, spoilers that, for anyone. Was that? It's so long ago. But not everyone has seen it truthfully, I feel, though. Okay, I give a spoiler alert all the time anyway, I know. But at the same time, and if I it's been more than four years, it's your fault. Yeah, I've not seen okay. it. So I shouldn't have to be like, okay, so Casablanca, fault. spoiler alert. Like, no, that's your fault. Unless that, you're like five. That's tough, though, because I only saw Casablanca for the first time a couple of years ago, and the only scene I had ever seen was the final scene. So I don't, even, I don't even consider that spoiler. I just consider that iconic, and there's a movie before it. My brother it was a great movie. Planet of the Apes for me, like the first time I was watching it when oh, I was like 16, he spoiled sad. it in the first 10 minutes. Oh my God, that movie messed me up as a kid. Uh, more than anything because of Mark Wahlberg no the original <laughs> like I, I, I think I had my first like concept of oh my god everyone dies like mm. for real just from that and that movie like I, it took me a long time to come back to that movie there, there were two movies that scared me as a kid it was that and uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and it's not the scene that everyone else is afraid of like that tunnel sequence with mm-hmm. the LSD stuff didn't bother me but for the life of me when uh uh, Violet turned big and blue up until 10, 11 years old, I would run out of the room crying. Oh, no. Like I just could not handle it. And I, I've since gone back and like, they're just shining a blue light on her face. It's like, I mean, you know, looking at grown up eyes, but I don't know why that moment scared me so much as a kid. Yeah, that's really weird. scared of yeah. weird things. Yeah. Little... yeah. It's just the little things that stick yeah. out at you. Anyway, um, Star yeah. Trek. Deeply I just don't yeah. fear of the Quaker oatman. <laughs> what? <laughs> So you, do terrified. you hate Wilford Brimley then too? I, I was terrified of the Quaker Oatman. I just, I was. And I loved Quaker oatmeal. So once every so often, I would just have to brave the pantry, <laughs> get the box, and black out his face with a permanent marker. Interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, my Halloween costume's going to be now. <laughs> no longer afraid of food. I mean, he's so, his face is so shiny and he looks like a pedophile. I don't know why. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by <laughs> Quaker Oats. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I was always really scared of the Borg. Just trying to bring it back. Well, they're but they're legit scary <laughs> yeah, too. Legit. But I appreciate that. Wait, have you? Did you ever get to go to the Star Trek experience in, in yes, Las Vegas? The original one before they. Yeah, before they closed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and they had this this experience where you are you get onto the ship or the the halls of the Enterprise, mm. and these Borg are coming at you, and I was in college, and I remember just being absolutely terrified of. <laughs> These Borg chasing after me, and I, you know, was going to be assimilated. And I mean, it was. So it wasn't them, it was that you would be assimilated. Yeah. How depressing is this? I lived in Las Vegas and was not yet into Star Trek. Oh. Well, there's a lot to do in Vegas, so, you know, it's distracting. Yes, but uh, this was my spring break trip, senior year of college, and there were four girls, and I was the only one who knew anything about Star Trek, and I made them all go with me to do the entire thing. We went, we ate at Borg's. We wait. They know. just named Borgs? everything Borg. Uh, oh, sorry, Quarks. 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 Oh. We ate Quarks. Why would uh, anyone eat at a restaurant no. called Borgs? I wouldn't trust that. First yeah. of all, what would it be? Did they even I'm eat? I'm still scared Chips. of it. Apparently, like no. But they did have a uh, pizza in the shape of the Starfleet 
nice. emblem. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. You, you know, you'd think it would just be the Enterprise with like breadsticks right. as the as the engines or something no. like that. <laughs> No. Have you seen Dude, the? Pass me a naso. Um, I, feel like, I feel like we need to make an enterprise pizza. Okay. Right. I have done it. Have also. you? Ha- I'm a huge. Do you have the, uh, the enterprise uh, pizza cutter wheel? I don't have that. Right. No, well, no. I keep wanting to. Right, we'll keep it, it in mind for the holidays thank or you. something. Yeah, my birthday <laughs> is July 29th. No. <laughs> I know you're getting another cake. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We'll give you a board cake because everything's no, board. No, don't get <laughs> No, just be the cube. That's all. You that know. would actually be very easy to make and kind That's of fun to make. That's actually true. Yeah. Uh, okay. I so. Good cake. I'm trying to imagine combining both your fears to scare you at the same time, like the Quaker Oats board guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would work. He's assimilated. Yeah. Right. yeah. Clearly, it would be an oatmeal cake. Nice. No. <laughs> I have a thing with oatmeal. You probably heard in the last podcast you listened to. I'm intrigued it's to a longer this story. Later, but we should get back Listen to, to my track. podcast out of the blue. The episode, <laughs> the episode with Heidi Cox, and you'll hear my horrible story with oatmeal. No, that was a good no, story. I wasn't like molested I'm by oatmeal. Now, no, no, no. I'm actually now intrigued enough to go listen to it. So. Oh, great. <laughs> and we hope all of you are too. Okay. One listener uh, at a time. <laughs> moving on. Um, so, when watching Next Gen, uh, I had a weird realization. Um, everything is really nice and pristine and clean and they, they wear dress pants and I mean I know they're part of like jumpsuits but they also wear like really nice shoes and carpeted hallways and I started to look at the other science fiction especially spaceship based shows that I watched or, or movies so you got like you know Battlestar Galactica Firefly Star Wars and there's an element of grittiness to space travel in almost everything else that's not uh, that's not with Star Trek. I mean, you know, in episode Star Trek, they'll go to less developed societies or they'll run into ships that are damaged. But first and foremost, our main characters are on a luxury liner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was starting to wonder, is Star Trek looked upon by these other series as the bad guy? Because when you look at the opposite side on all these shows, it's usually the, you know shiny booted you know polished hallways that are the bad guys you have the empire in star wars you have like the cylons and such in um in battlestar like you know obviously they're mostly robots but when we finally see the interior of their ships they're very shiny you know everything is where it should be Uh, yeah the alliance and firefly so i I just want to get your thoughts on this it's do do the creators subconsciously think of Star Trek as the enemy or is it that Star Trek is just doing, it's just telling a different sort of experience? Yeah, I think that for me is why Star Trek has such a draw. And um, because I feel like in a lot of those other series like Firefly, like even Star Wars to a certain extent, um, there's always this struggle going on with, you know, it's not quite, but kind of like a post-apocalyptic, like things have broken down and so people are spread out and they're just struggling to stay alive. But the appeal of Star Trek is that the earth has all come together. We're all doing this for the good of mankind and there's no poverty. They've eliminated disease. And so everything is just to explore and to make themselves better. Yeah. And I think that's why the ships have such a polish them is because, you know, 
this is this is their focus now is to improve mankind. Well, I was so like half they... expecting like a Roomba to come down the hallway, it's like when they're walking <laughs> or the corridors because they they're all carpeted and there's never anyone like with a vacuum at the That's late Barclay's night shift. Job. But but we never see anything like that. It's just we're assuming that like they're pulling the dust through the air filters or whatever. But it's just you know it's it's always in tip top condition except when they're being attacked and then there are you know sparks flying. But mm-hmm. by the next episode, it's oh everything's well, nice. Well, <laughs> to be fair, the Enterprise is also like their top ship of the entire fleet. I feel like when we do see other ships, usually they're not quite as pristine as the Wait, Enterprise. Well, I want to go back to something that you said because yeah. that's what I always found interesting because I, I agree. You're like, oh, this is the pinnacle of humanity. But when you look at the story structure of it, mm-hmm. what they essentially did was go, you know how like where racist as humans and we have poverty and they went what if all humanity's together but now the Klingons are who we're racist <laughs> all they did was take all of our problems and just put it on other other alien For things sure. it's the same exact things they just kind of went well, no, one planet friends. at a time yeah. <laughs> like we have solved the our problems planet. there's the nice planet but uh sorry go ahead I think I always just saw it as you know Mac versus PC whoa please continue <laughs> Star Trek it's shiny and clean and white like a mac everything else has a lot of cables everywhere like a pc Hmm. that's true because you usually do build your own pc and then you know on firefly it's like they constantly needed parts or you know things like that or you know but it's also you know we started off with pcs mac was a late comer to the game if you look at say a spacecraft now or a spacecraft in the 60s or 70s it's a lot of switches and a lot of cables and a lot of wires that are all visible everywhere. And it takes a lot of tech hmm. knowledge in order to be able to keep it running. The Mac is user-friendly and it's streamlined. Yeah. I, this podcast I, is brought to you by <laughs> Mac. No, I see that. I guess I just, I feel like a lot of the other sci-fi shows have a very dismal outlook. And I feel like Again, Star Trek has, yeah, Star Trek <laughs> has a very hopeful outlook on at least the human. But what that is, like. The, the future of human. It's interesting because I actually never thought about this, but like it's reverse apocalypse. Because anything that we do nowadays, mm-hmm. even a show uh, like Legends of Tomorrow, which is a show. Um, I love they, it. Is, it is. It is a, a, it is a show. Uh, we'll leave it at that. It's a show. Leave it at that. Oh, okay. Hey, I want to be on it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, any anything, even like Terminator or whatever, we get to this pinnacle of our society, and it's beautiful and clean and pristine and sterile, and then it falls apart, and then we're like Mad Max. And Star Trek was kind of the the opposite, or these comparisons are the opposite of that. In a way, I don't think they they would look at them as like the enemy or as the Empire. They would look at it like, remember when things used to be good. To me, it would be Star Trek and beautiful, and then huge war would break out. Now we're all pirates and ravagers. Boom, Firefly. Hmm. For you know one what I mean? shining moment, it was known as Star Trek. Yeah, that's the pessimist in me, though. <laughs> <laughs> like going like, it's sad. all beautiful, and then we messed it up. Yeah. Well, that is what we tend to do. I mean, that is what happens in a lot. I mean, you look at any of the mirror universe. Huge nerd. Huge nerd. No, no, no. Any oh, of the that's mirror why you've been invited to be <laughs> a part of this. Or whatever. And it's like, what? what's the thing? It's, well, other than goatees, darkest timeline style. Uh, <laughs> it's now things are war and horrible. Like they go to the planets and things are still terrible. It's just, I think it's because it's military. When you really look at it, Starfleet is military. Definitely. So that's going to be have to keep things clean. Like the Picard maneuver to make sure you don't have wrinkles, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know? I think it's more that than it is that society is just that beautiful. I think it's also that Star Trek, it's all very shiny and it's all very streamlined and it's all very clean. They never really touch on the underside, the stuff that it takes to keep it going, the stuff Mm. that it takes to keep it clean. 
Yeah, every, every so often we'll see someone working in yes. like the Jeffries tube, but it's they never have grease on their face. No, it's always never. like I'm looking never, at my never. pad. Oh, this needs to be changed. Hmm. That was me popping. Maybe they out don't of, have of grease the... in the future. That's true. Some sort of futuristic. Well, I don't want to live in that know. future. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering right now we're trying to figure out how to bioengineer music mucus, fake mucus. You know, I, I doubt we're ever going to get to a point where there's no grease. Grease is too useful. Hmm. Well, we don't know how dilithium, what it, what it needs. What does it need? Dave, you probably know. Crystals. Hey, all grease is a coolant and an anti-friction medium. No, it just okay. makes bacon taste good. That too. Bacon Love makes bacon. itself taste good. <laughs> grease helps. But does replicator bacon taste good? Do, do you think the replicator incorporates the grease or is it just like pig part cook I can't imagine is, anything tasting. these are the questions that i, I think want it's like jetsons where it gives you the nutrition and that's it yeah that's what i always imagine it of like, so there's like, this new thing that they've invented it's a veggie burger that actually simulates meat and it's because there's this molecule that they've isolated in meat called um hemi or hemi it's h-e-m-e but basically they're figuring out how to recreate that in plant matter from the protein in plant matter, and put that into a veggie burger so that a veggie burger will actually appeal to a meat eater. But why don't you just eat meat? Because, because they're trying to save cows. Yeah, right. Well, some people don't yeah, want no, I'm to just, eat meat. I'm just uh, giving you a hard time. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel but like that's got to be the replicator. You know, it creates right. those molecules. Ugh. I always envisioned it uh, kind yeah. of, I feel like, Firefly addressed it a little bit when they are eating dinner and then they make the birthday cake and she's like, well, it's basically what we <laughs> just <laughs> ate. But I tried to get it as chocolatey tasting as possible. That's what I imagine the replicator oh, to be okay. like. It was, it's basically all the same stuff. It has, you know, all the balanced food. But well, so it's, it's like, it's like when they do the, um, that's why the, everyone the, the make your own lays contest where you can like invent chip flavors and it's just like they have to figure out what chemical concoction tastes like uh fried chicken it's like basically the equivalent of that well, all <laughs> i have a theory about that anyway i think <laughs> we as society i think our taste buds are numbing in a way mm. because if you look around at specifically fast food we're making more and more extreme weird combinations like it used to be like pepperoni on your pizza and now it's like carl's jr burger with hot dogs onion rings potato <laughs> chips and mustard you're like what happened why do we need this cacophony of flavors all of a sudden because america because america because yeah. um, well, well, we burned our taste buds off by putting sriracha on everything <laughs> i really honestly feel like we're starting everywhere you go now look around like it's it's in combining intense flavors so maybe the, by the time the replicators come we just don't have taste buds we went back around style, yeah. we just want to do an entire podcast just on that concept. <laughs> I actually wanted to write my master's thesis on the reverse effects of globalization, which is hmm. now we have more of an interest in isolated tastes and um, appellations and things like that and local identity. And it's a it's a fling hmm. back. It's a throwback from globalization and the fact that you can now get Coca-Cola anywhere. Hmm. Do you think the outlying planets of Federation have Coca-Cola in the future? You know, probably. <laughs> they, that would probably be the first among the first companies. And that's McDonald's. like, yeah, and we're gonna us. we're gonna go out. This planet, yeah. brought to you by. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, no, I guarantee like, even, the outlying. A... I guarantee the outlying planets are the first ones to have McDonald's, Coca Cola, and Starbucks. There's well, yeah, definitely well, it's a, a Starbucks. It's a frontier show, so but you know you could take some of the comforts of home with you. Actually, we um we were just watching, or I I finished watching. Lauren wasn't fully uh into it but uh the expanse did you guys watch that at all i i really enjoyed it uh i'm not going to go into any spoiler territory but uh one of the characters he's really kind of 
um, obsessed about coffee because on the ship that he's working on, it just doesn't taste right, like whatever their rations are. And to simulate like that earthy taste to it, he uh, lights a match for a second and then drops some of the ash into it. And then later on, he finally gets real coffee. And it's just this moment of it's like it's almost like he's tearing up. He's like, this is all I've ever wanted since I've left Earth. It's just this hilarious. Well, if somebody was on a sci-fi spaceship show. <laughs> oh, where are you now? Who, uh, who they wanted to say that we got this horrible vegetable or something like that from a planet and they wanted it to be purple so in order to make it purple they got like purplish yammy things and which are as gross to me as whatever we were supposed to be pretending to eat really also though if you watch anything i've ever done i make a really good point of never actually eating on camera this is a little trick go back and watch anything you'll see that like maybe once ever i've ever actually eaten i find ways to play with my food is it one of the is it like the way cookie monster doesn't eat where you just kind of like (laughs) mash it up so much because he doesn't have an esophagus hole yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just crumbs everywhere no i just watch sesame street and then i'll talk or i'll like play with it a bit usually because i'm i love i'm I'm weird and that i like a lot of variety of flavors um and whatever they usually serve in a scene is either not something I eat. Like I don't. I hate mustard. And every time there's yes, a sandwich, me too. Every time there's a sandwich on set, it always has mustard. And I'm not gonna be like, hold on, guys, can you make it again without mustard? <laughs> I, I, okay, I am such a jerk. I probably would. It's my number one. It's my number one most hated food. I can't. Like, well, I know I shouldn't because I just don't have that ego of an actor. But like, I'm not gonna be like hold up production because I don't want to have <laughs> it's mustard. Because you're a decent person. Um. Yeah, I know it's caused me so many problems. <laughs> but uh. But I forgot what the point was with this. But uh, the taste buds, yam. purple yam. In the future, we won't Weird. have. Mustard is the point. They make purple um, potatoes. It's not that hard. They're actually really good. They not are. that I'm defending a no. show you filmed. You You're know, coming for dinner. Hey, I, I am what I you. am. Oh. Yeah. Um. I, I would just like to point out that I was not the first one who made. Oh no, I did make a stupid pun earlier, but it went over <laughs> everyone's head. So the first pun that went noticed was not made by me, and that's a huge the accomplishment trick is to make the pun and then highlight it. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite jokes are the ones where I explain it to people. Yeah. Like, this is why it's The funny. secret of good comedy Nailed is having it. to explain Nailed the punchline it. afterward. That's Works for me. the exact yeah. opposite of the Joker. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm anti-Joker. It's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, all right. I so know, I think replicator food would... I, I, I don't know if I could handle a replicator. There have been heavy set characters in Star Trek. Which that actually... I did find weird, but go ahead. Go, I'll, I'll, so sorry. if we have replicator, because look, I'm a fat kid, and if I had a replicator <laughs> that can make anything that I want, no, I still am. I just lost weight, but I'm still a fat <laughs> kid. Um, make anything that I want. Let's say that I had one in my house. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like I think the only thing keeping me from eating cake all the time is because I have to make it or buy it. Well, I, I don't. don't. I, I don't. <laughs> if you notice, Deanna Troy actually has to specify at one point that she wants real ice cream and real chocolate and the replicator says oh that's not healthy for you because what the replicator does is it restructures food out of the same basic nutrients that all food has so it might trick you into thinking you're eating cake but you're probably not really eating cake. Soylent green. Mm. <laughs> no, that's the, that's what that makes me feel of Jetsons. Like where you wake up and you have like, what are you having for dinner? And it's like the pill, yeah. the nutrient pill. So essentially it's taking oh, probably totally. kale and turning Ugh. it into yes. everything. Yes. Hmm. It's just so carbon a, and it's restructured. At a certain point, the replicator would cut you off from cake. That's like, true. No more cake I believe you've you. had enough, David. Yeah. Or it would just keep giving you like <laughs> no, it's, something that it's wasn't It's giving fulfilling. you something that 
you think is cake, but really it's not as bad for you. But see, cake. that to me is okay. If like if they were giving me something that was totally healthy that tasted like cake, that is the idea. Well, that's the that's, that's the, the dream. That's the goal of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I think that's what the Federation was founded on. Right. It wasn't so much bringing mankind together. It was we need to work towards being as like inside fat person as we want to without it reflecting on the outside have you seen defending your life one of my favorite yes movies. i love that movie like that, that to this day that's my heaven is just being able to <laughs> hey you can eat anything you want it's gonna taste better than anything you've ever had and you won't gain a pound well yeah. think of it this way deanna at one point has to specify this to the replicator that means that there is a difference and yeah. that she no, absolutely. realizes yeah. as she's eating it that there's a difference so it subtly doesn't taste quite the same. Well, so it's, it's like, like the, hell. It's like their booze too. They yeah. always like it's their always get it always drunk. tastes booze. like it. Yeah, yeah. booze, alcohol, David. Like their boobs are fake. <laughs> well, I mean, possibly. I they're synthahol. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not the same. Well, in, in that way, it seems like torture because they're they're being forced to not enjoy their taste, not enjoy their meals, not feel anything. Well, but but they're also technically military on a on a ship. They probably shouldn't be drinking during they're the ship. And let's yeah. face it, all of yeah. this is better than MREs. True. And no but they, they do. To the I just want to point out though that Captain Kirk and his crew drank real alcohol and they drank it a lot. Well, that's so, big, well, that's also like Captain you know Kirk. people used to smoke in buildings in the fifties, but we're a generation <laughs> or two past that. It's like they just don't do that uh, anymore. Maybe that's what it is. It's a big argument maybe. for living in yeah. Calabasas, where you no. cannot smoke in any public area whatsoever. It's really, awesome. even mm. the sidewalk. Calabasas is a suburb outside of Los Angeles <laughs> for people listening around the country and the world. Also has the best schools in LA public. Good to know. Uh, okay, so I'd like to move on to <laughs> our next topic, away. which is Star Trek adjacent, but I know it's something that we are all fans of, and it is Galaxy Quest, Woo-hoo. which Aww. I know, I know, the timing is unfortunate. Uh, we love was, you forever, Alan Rickman. Yeah, that was, was... my celebrity crush. Oh, not just that, but that they canceled they, the... But because he right. passed away. Yeah. It, that was just devastating, just yeah. to hear the news. We... This year has been terrible for that, but yeah, yeah that one hurt really yeah, bad, especially because there, one, I mean, it's always on TV anyway, but there has sort of been like a revitalization of Galaxy Quest mm-hmm. recently. There was talk of doing a sequel. There was talk of doing an Amazon pilot, um, but uh, going back to it, truth be told, Galaxy Quest is probably my favorite Star Trek movie, and I was trying to find... The article that I had read uh, a few years ago that basically made the argument why Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie. Um, I couldn't find it. I think it may have been io9 that said it. But Can now, I just ask real quick? Yeah. Did you see Galaxy Quest before you watched Star Trek? I saw um, Star Trek Generations on HBO when I was a kid. Okay. And I kind of didn't understand it because I hadn't seen either of the series. Right. And then I saw First Contact when it was on HBO. And that I loved because ever since I was – in fourth grade, I've been obsessed with time travel, so that one made more sense to me. It's also, since it's not spanning two eras, it's also just more of a straightforward motion picture than it is anything else. Um, but no, I hadn't seen, um, like, a lot of the original movies I haven't seen in their entirety. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen all of uh, Voyage Home. I've seen all of Wrath of Khan, but never in order. And I know that, like, the internet just turned on me in that sentence alone um and i've seen the reboot movies but obviously those are newer but no galaxy quest i it came out on christmas and this is a really quick story it came out on christmas and uh as uh someone who does not celebrate christmas i was at the movie theater Mm -hmm. as per my 
for those of us who do celebrate Christmas, Christmas, we often end up at the movie yes. theater on Christmas. So, so I had, Jewish Christmas, darn it. Chinese food in a movie. Absolutely. So I was at the movie theater with my dad and my sister, and I, I don't remember. I think we were trying to go see the talented Mr. Ripley, but mm-hmm. there were only seats available in the first row, and we didn't want to do that. And I had heard about Galaxy Quest. I think I read a review in Entertainment Weekly or something like that. So I said to my dad, let's see this. And he's like, I don't want to see a stupid spoof movie. I said, no, I, I heard really good things about it. And we actually ran into um, a friend of mine and his family, and they were going to see Galaxy Quest. So my dad's like, all right, fine, we'll go see it. And not only did my dad love it, it was the first movie he bought on DVD. Wow. When DVDs <laughs> came out, he became obsessed with it. And he had watched all of the original Star Trek series, and I hadn't. And even as someone who didn't get all of the very specific references it was still immensely hilarious i got what they were spoofing without knowing like all the nitty-gritty and i've watched that movie a thousand times since and it's just as funny every time a spoof yeah i i I think the great thing about that movie as well it does reference a lot of stuff that happens in star trek i i I mean i think it's just a good sci-fi hilarious comedy Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, I mean, yes. The, there are moments. The, the, yeah, there are elements of it where they're spoofing, like, like the, Alan Rickman is Klingon esque. Yeah. Know, um, but and, and and the the uh, the transporter when they're trying to like figure out how to teleport him off the, the when he's fighting the rock. <laughs> and he monster. ends up with his shirt off. Yeah. Come, yeah. Does rolling help? Like, was my dad's. Yeah. <laughs> it's his favorite line from that whole movie. And the whole you know guy, what's my last name? Yeah. I'm gonna die. Well, fu- mm-hmm. funny enough, that movie inspired me when I got. Because this is how much of a nerd I am. When I got cast on Stargate, I the coolest thing was anytime that there would be a device, they would say, "How does this work?" They would hand me like the like I had a Kino, which is like a remote control camera that I use, and they hand me the remote, and they're I like, remember. "How does this work?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" And they said, "Yeah, you tell us how it works, and that's how we're going to use it." And I was like, first of all, way too much pressure." But secondly, <laughs> being the nerdy dork I am, I immediately went back to Galaxy Quest <laughs> and said, "I have to make this work well, so when an alien watches this and recreates." <laughs> I know how to use it. Oh my god, you're like the codex for all of these devices. Everything. Every every sort of device on the ship, my remote, everything. I was like, I gotta make sure it works correctly. Um, All I was thinking was Galaxy Quest the entire time. Well, the good news is, though, if aliens do come and, like, ask for your help you can be like okay but what i want in return is i want a third season because i want people to find out <laughs> how the cliffhanger is i okay i don't think i told this story ever on my podcast i've told it at conventions before but this is how much of a nerd i am and how much i love star trek have i told you this story before? i don't know about my have. birth at the oh, sorry, i had a star trek birthday party when yes, I was younger. who did you dress up as Riker always no. Riker. oh right sorry <laughs> Obviously. Um, we relabeled all the soda bottles synthanol Aww. like my friend made her made her own Guinan outfit it was ridiculous Aww. um and one of the things they, they bought like this six foot cutout cardboard cutout of will Riker, and he was moving around the party we were screwing around with it <laughs> at one point he ended up in the bathroom with a streamer from him to the toilet i don't know how old were you <laughs> I, I was i was i don't know i think middle school or high school i don't okay. really remember well um, the streamer old in the bathroom is like I the height of comedy at that age <laughs> I don't actually remember, but at one point, because I wanted this to be a real thing, I think a lot of people, you know, less Firefly or things where people are dying, but like Star Trek where things are pristine and, and like it's the future kind of thing, um, you want that to be a real thing and you fantasize that it is. So at one point, I, I just was like, oh, you guys, I'm running the bathroom real fast. And I went to the bathroom and I was peeing, I was peeing and I went, huh, and I tapped my, my chest like it was a communicator and went, beat me up, Scotty. 
And I'm not kidding. At that exact moment, there was a blackout in the entire neighborhood. <laughs> and my first thought was, I'm going to be peeing all over the transport. <laughs> all I can think about. But when I, Galaxy Quest, all these things, Galaxy Quest might have started it for me, but like this idea that, you know what? How do we know it's not tooling around out there? Yeah. Voyager did an episode of that, like where like that's where UFO things come from and it hit the news. Like, I want to believe that these are things that either are existing or will exist. We would be. No, the, <laughs> it would be the height of hubris to think that there's nothing else out there. It's an infinite universe. Yeah, or that we're not capable. Well, I mean, every time we were talking about this recently, a friend of mine and I, like every time we imagine the future, we're like, in 20 years, flying cars. When the truth is, in 20 years, it's going to be a lot like this. Our phones are just going to be cooler. <laughs> yeah, our phones are going to be implanted in our brains so that we can actually still make eye contact with people and be texting at the same time. Do you watch Black Mirror? No, oh, I, I know. I, every person has told me. How unbelievable it is. Like, I must watch it. it I, Black Mirror is fantastic, but there's... A, to, the, the, not to spoil... It won't spoil anything, but there's one whole episode. Do you guys know what Black Mirror is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's BBC America, Twilight Zone. Each each episode is an hour, hour and a half. It's amazing. Um, but there's one in a near future where we have an implant that is kind of like a hard drive for us so we can record all of our memories and how that affects fights when you're fighting with your loved one or... Job interviews, you can scroll back and see what you did wrong or right, and it's just how it affects humanity. It's just mm. such a small thing, mm. but it, oh, I love it. It's it is It is funny, though, that, I mean, obviously the communicators are very important to Star Trek, but yeah, they're walking around with cell phones on their chest the mm. whole time. And it doesn't actually, they, that's, that's the nerd in me, the one Star Trek convention I went to uh, when I was younger, somebody in the audience asked one of the producers, like, how come in this episode you were able to do this, but in this episode you weren't? Mm. And he went, well, we have a producer named Rick Berman, and anytime that we're like, that doesn't scientifically work, he goes, I don't care, it's cool. Oh. So we call that Bermanizing it. And like with, I have a little problems with a lot of that. Like the communicators, some episodes you have to hit and be like, hey, what's up, dude? Other episodes, it's just always listening. It's the right, Hey Siri. Right. It's yeah. like, eh, like they, they didn't no, really it's clarify. Literally, some people have the Hey Siri turned on. It's they called and some hey people Siri. don't. Yeah. <laughs> Or even um, tricorder. Oh god. Yeah, the technical we could, side we could is a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but going back to Galaxy Quest, you know, obviously, future plans are probably on indefinite hold because mm-hmm. of Alan Rickman. I'm not Sam. gonna lie. Dan knows that there are only three men, now two, on the entire planet that I would actually leave him for, and one of them was most definitely Alan Rickman. Let's not Aww. say the other two on the off chance that <laughs> they are listening <laughs> and Let's whisk her away. Oh, I know who the other two are now. Uh, yeah, oh, I love that movie so much, Galaxy Quest. I really, yeah. I hate to say it because I understand them not doing it because of Alan Rickman. I totally understand that. But I hope that they eventually do anyway. And I mean, you can pay an homage to him. But... I, I agree. I mean, I, hmm. I feel like it's the correct thing to do. And probably whatever premise they had involved him extensively. Absolutely. So it's the right thing to do to put it on hold for now. Yeah. But I, I hope don't they, think they eventually. At I... all? Nope. I, there's so much new material out there that they could there's so much reference. Bad and... stuff on yeah. TV. We need good stuff. We, yeah. Yeah, I would really feel like time, it would be great. At the same time, they could just take something that we love and kill it. Yeah, oh, that's like that. that... Movie, Superman. <laughs> um, that, Full I mean, house. Yeah. So that's. I, I am of the split mind now. It's like. For a while, it was like all I wanted in the world was more episodes of Firefly. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten, you know, comic books and expanded universe stuff. And it's like, you know what? This stuff is really good too, but maybe it needs to stand by itself. Like, all 
it How can dare dare. you say that? I am so I glad know. they brought it back for Serenity. That was a great movie. No, I love Serenity. They, Serenity's. I, I'm. I'm wearing. Right, Firefly but you could you could right easily now, argue but. that I don't want them to bring it back as a movie either. No, but that was closure. I, Serenity. Well, Serenity was different because it had an element of closure because it was finishing out a lot of the story arcs that were left hanging from the series. Now, it, yeah, would I take three or four more Serenity movies? Probably, but it, you run the risk of spoiling something that's so great and as much as i love that like some like tv series are starting to be brought back by you know streaming services so far it's felt more like everyone's excited on the front end of it but then when we finally get it we're like oh it wasn't as good as the original and because you're trying to capture a memory and a nostalgia that you can't right I, i i kind of agree with both of you you some of the times it's kind of nice to get a closure to something or some of the times it's kind of nice to revisit. I give everything credit and I'll watch it just to check it out. And it can be enjoyable on its own. Like Batman Begins was a different way of telling a Batman tale. And I loved it. But sometimes it just feels like you're beating a dead horse because you're not willing to try to come up with a, a new story. Right. You know, you're trying to recapture lightning in a bottle for money's sake, which is never like a good Spider-Man idea to do something. Or yeah. Two or I, lo- I still love that Spider-Man joke of Returns. Justice League somewhere. Or sorry. Just, yeah, just, no. Avengers somewhere. Whoops. Sorry, everyone. Um, Avengers somewhere, like everyone's sitting around and, and Spider-Man walks in and he says, hey guys, did I ever tell you about that? how I became Sp-? And they go, we know! Oh my God, <laughs> we know. Um, we can stop revisiting the same things. I don't think Galaxy Quest is one of those. It's a great movie. You're running the risk of maybe tainting the memory a little bit, but I feel like it's not that we want, no one wants a reboot. No, no one wants that. No. Never. We want to see these people on more stories. Yeah. Yes. That I think is acceptable. There are certain people I would trust to do that and do an amazing job. I would never say no to more Firefly because I trust Joss Whedon to make it good and Mm -hmm. to tell the story well. I'm really looking forward to The Incredibles too because he wasn't going to come up with a good story just to come up with a good story. He waited until he had a story. Mm -hmm. I just, if I don't know who's involved... There's an element of are they going to completely ruin this forever? Yeah, and it's also a, it's also you know with the original creator, the original person with the idea involved, then you want to see more of the stories, with the exception of maybe like Lucas. But, <laughs> um, but it, not me. That's the internet saying it. That wasn't me saying it. But uh, in general, I think if it's kind of, I don't want to keep bringing it back to stuff I had worked on before, but like that's why I was a little upset when people were mad at us when we were about to premiere for Stargate because. Everyone's like, what? You're changing it. How dare you? And I always had to say to people, this is the creator of the thing you liked. Who wants to do something different? If you liked what he made before, why not see what else he can do? Yes. You know? And I, I just try to have that when I look at new people making things at all. Plus, I mean, just Galaxy Quest in general. You have my money already. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, the same yeah. goes for the new Star Trek series coming out. Mm-hmm. I, it's an expansion on the universe. and. Right. I don't know what's what the concept behind the show is going to be. Well, but that I know actually I'm watch it. is very interesting. Uh, we'll we'll just talk about this quickly because we're getting near the end. But uh, Brian Fuller, who I love as a showrunner, you know, he did Hannibal and Pushing Daisies. Mm-hmm. He's in charge, and um, he's bringing in people with absolute bona fides. Like the writer of uh, Wrath of Khan is being brought in to it. So it's like, yeah, it's expanding the universe, but. Star Trek has now had five series, you know, within its main timeline. Let's just the, – the reboot universe exists, but we're just talking about the series right now. Um, but I think there's plenty of room for expansion in it. It's like I know not everyone has liked every series, and 
believe me, I still have a long way to go in terms of watching all mm-hmm. of it. But I think, you know, they, they, they're an interstellar ship. They are in a new quadrant of the galaxy every week. I think that there is room for really good stories. And I think in the hands of a, of a very uh, capable and talented showrunner that, this isn't something to be very excited about. Um, it depends what you're doing with it, though, because I'll be honest, I love Next Gen. I went back and watched Original. I watched most of Deep Space Nine. Some of Voyager. Enterprise wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it Do depends on... Do you watch the, the whole thing? Enterprise? Yeah. I watched the first few, and I'm sorry, Connor. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with a few of the people oh. now on the show now. I don't... I just wasn't for... It I don't went know up why. and down. It ended on a high note, but yeah, it definitely... It didn't... I, and I don't think it was on the air long enough to find its strike. I don't, I don't find yeah. fault in anybody who liked it. I was just, it, I just didn't connect with it. Right. Much well, like I connected more with Next Gen than Deep Space Nine. But you Nine. know, it wasn't, it, well, it wasn't the Star Trek as we know it. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really quite fit in the it franchise. Was, also, so. from a uh, production point of view, it was, uh, UPN was producing it. It was sort of their first foray into giant mainstream science fiction and i think they had like gigantic budget issues on top of that because it was sort of the first show to use a lot more of the cgi effects but it was also uh on a network where they don't really have the money to put all you know their budget into the effect and i think it was like a big balancing act it's like well i guess we're gonna have a lot of corridor shots which is true of every Mm -hmm. star trek series but when you get hamstrung by technical stuff like that it's hard to make the story good or interesting or compelling but again there's got to be a good story i mean that's that's the thing that i think a lot of people storytellers nowadays are doing in the first place it just has to be a good story and a good idea and then we'll follow you anywhere good characters Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so we're gonna uh start to wind this down so we're gonna end each of these with what i like to call the big question yeah oh totally (laughs) i'm still not ready for this that's okay no you know what it's fine uh so we're going to just go around, and each person is going to give an answer, and uh, hopefully it's great. No, I don't know. Wow. Uh, okay, Whoa. so... No, 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 no. So the big question for this Star Trek episode, our our first episode, where we are boldly going... Yeah, I, I managed mm-hmm, to get it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, if you were made captain of any fictional ship, which one would it be, and what would become of the old captain? So we're going to start with Lauren. Um, my fictional ship I would like to be captain of is Serenity. And in my head, Mal has retired to a farm like his like his mom wanted him to with Inara and made me captain. Hmm. <laughs> That's a really sweet story. <laughs> would you like to go next, Bridget? So... I hope yours involves murder. <laughs> right. Well, would it help if I as said it I happened. dropped Jane on a so, meteor somewhere? <laughs> I've been I've been really thinking and I just my problem with this is that any ship I come up with, I can't decide what to do with the captain cuz <laughs> I just feel like a piece of my childhood would die. So I... Well, you don't I, have to get rid of I, the captain. Well, but... Mine retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I have settled on the Millennium Falcon. Nice. Because we all know what happened to the captain of that ship. Okay. Mm. So. Chewbacca is the captain of that ship <laughs> now. Okay. Not anymore. He's, he's, the, he's my co-pilot. So then I get the ship and I get this awesome co-pilot. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really, I, there's so many ships. There's so many, I mean, obviously the first one that comes to mind is the TARDIS because you can go anywhere at any time, but, what but I feel like that's an doctor? easy answer. I mean, that's the thing. I have no idea what I would do with the doctor. You it are would, the doctor. It could be the doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Is no, I'm considered gonna... a ship. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was asking. I wasn't challenging. No, I no. was actually asking. Steve. Oh. Uh, you're the captain. You know what's funny? I knew you're my, the captain now. Uh, you're the captain. Um, I knew my answer, but now I just realized how telling it is. Um, I was going to say NCC 1701D. Ah, yeah. And I just realized how Riker it is of me because I want to <laughs> take over after Picard like retires. And or, you know, still on the ship as an admiral. Oh, I don't want to outrank me he's retired now uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he's in wine picking his grapes uh, great uh, he's, ship. sorry he's in france he's in france or actually i'd like to believe that he he found that planet and he plays the flute and he's, he's just relaxing now um you guys i have such positive outlooks on these people in my head they were all like dead <laughs> attacked by assimilated well obviously i'd have Lord. to kill Riker though right. <laughs> uh, just obviously over. um no this is a great ship uh, fun to explore with, other than the speed limits, which I just choose to ignore that. <laughs> um, that was that mostly was... the holodeck, though. I just oh, want to play on a holodeck because oh. because when you're commanding the NCC 1701D, not only do you get to go on those adventures, but you get to do anything your fantasy uh, can imagine. So like these anything. wild adventures are not enough for your adventure <laughs> no. ways. Can you imagine a world in which you're traveling across the universe and you're exploring other civilizations and you're like, you know what, I need five minutes of imagination me time? Dave, I say this as a friend, you would never leave the holodeck. <laughs> no, I'm, oh, I'm... No, you no, you would never leave. Like, up. You would even get to be Riker in the holodeck and you'd be, like, you'd be getting buzzed. It's like, Captain, we need you on the bridge. One second. I'm in the middle of this. It's funny that you say that because I always wanted to be Riker and all that. But you know who I identified with the most? Barkley. Yep. Oh, Barkley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hilarious that you said that. I mean, I was so shy, especially when I was watching the show, that like his quote of, um, I'm the guy, he was saying in one of his therapy sessions, he said, I'm the guy who before every party, I practice who I'm going to talk to and what I'm going to say. But at the party, I end up talking to the plant. That was me. That's Charlie that Brown. Time. Yeah. 100%. Um, So I've learned over the years that people don't listen to me. Uh, it's never been more evident than when uh, I will be Admiral Adama when we're playing. Yeah, when we're playing the Battlestar Galactica board game, and it's like, no, we need. No, I've never (laughs) been a Cylon. I always want to, and I'm never a Cylon. Um, But I have a feeling that one of these massive capital ships, if I'm at the helm, people are going to be like, did he just tell us to? No, I'm I'm gonna do my other. So, I think that I and this is the ship I've always wanted since I was a kid. I really want an X-wing. Like I know it's a one-man ship, but just to have an X-wing fighter, it's like basically I'd be singing at the top of my lungs, like I do oh, in my car. Poor robot. Yeah, but, but R2 <laughs> would be. Oh, but uh, with R2. R2 would be totally like you know it would be great because he'd be you know providing the music and like... stuff like that, and you know. <laughs> R2 is nice. He likes me. I have to believe that. Yeah, until the third rendition of In the Heights. And then he's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I think that's much I'm, crueler. I'm doing, I'm doing Hamilton rap battles with R2-D2. That's a much crueler fate than killing off a captain. Yeah. To subject but, but, a uh, but, poor helpless droid. You hear about R2? Committed suicide. But, yeah. Luke's not using it. He's off standing in the middle of Space Scotland. You know? <laughs> suicide? Droid aside? Yeah, that's a Droid aside. Yeah. Droid aside. Droid aside. <laughs> And with that... <laughs> I have a question for you. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I have a sure. question for you oh, if yeah. you're about to wrap up. Yeah, go for it. So that you watch, you watched it later in life. You watched it mm-hmm. all. You, you reintroduced to it. But I'm curious. Do you wish you would have watched it when you were younger? Or are you glad you watched it after having a bunch of life experiences and you're mostly an adult? Um, I have two really quick answers to that. One, I think I... I don't know if I would have been able to have fully appreciate it as a kid because the stories are deep. Like... 
when there's like a monster of the week, you know where the story's going, but there are enough elements to it that maybe when I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to fully appreciate it. I would have been like, I want more episodes where the ship is firing stuff. Um, but also I think the other answer is, and this is such a silly thing to think about, but when I was younger, there was much more of a Star Wars, Star Trek divide. It was really the fandom wars. Like I remember going on AOL, like chat rooms and oh, yeah, exactly. And AOL. people like, I'd be talking about Star Wars and people are like, Star Trek's the best. And it was like the dumbest stuff imaginable. And I think that now that like nerd society and culture is so like prevalent right now, there's a lot more of overlap and that has kind of got away. And I was thinking about this earlier today. I think a big reason of a big reason that that's happened is because of Twilight, and it's because no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> their faces. Twilight, by the way, you can't see them, what? but they're like disgusted. What? I think that yeah, glittery vampires Twilight, totally makes sense. I think that Twilight fandom did something to where people who've been parts of fandoms for decades beforehand kind of came together and been like, "What is this?" <laughs> No, and I and That's I, I, I and, and, I, and I don't mean to disparage you if you're a Twilight <laughs> fan, but I remember being at Comic Con for the first time, and it was like right when I think the second Twilight movie was coming about, and like there were massive lines for it, and you know everyone who's dressed up for other fandoms are like, what is this? It's like I'm going over to the Marvel booth. It's like I want to get my book signed by so and so, and I think we weirdly united in. Our hatred. Our hatred of this new, this shiny new fandom. <laughs> Independence Day. Yeah, and no, this is true because why bash but, Star Trek when you can bash Twilight? Wait, but World? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there though, which is that I I kind of I see where you're going with this, mm. and I don't want to disparage those people for getting into a fandom because I feel like that did lead them into other fandoms. Absolutely, like and that is and, the best thing that and, came out. Yeah, of that. and I think that's great. Anytime you get someone, you know, jumping on board with with new genres and, and new ideas and really just becoming passionate about something. So I, I, I kind of see where you're saying, although, but it, it was like a weird uniting of the, enemy the fandom. Of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. <laughs> and also I think what also helped in that is that we had a couple of bad star Wars movies. So the ratio of good movies and bad uh, movies started to like level yeah. out the scales a little bit. And it was like, all right, let's hug it out. <laughs> um, I want to thank everyone for being a part of this. I want to thank everyone for listening uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at my nerdy year and Instagram my nerdy year. Um, please subscribe. Uh, please comment, like. We will be more than happy to read your tweets. Um, yeah, and uh, thank you again to David Blue and to Bridget Bose and Lauren Berger as always. Um, join us next time when we will be discussing Doctor Who. All right, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to My Nerdy Year. Our theme song, Crunk Night, is written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons. For full credits and for more information about the show, please visit MyNerdyYear.wordpress.com.